The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When the good Samaritan found the man who fell to robbers, he saved his life because he was not anxious or worried about anything. The good Samaritan didn't say, oh, gee, if I help this guy out, I'm going to miss my very important business meeting. He didn't say that. He didn't say, gee, if I, how much is it going to cost me to help this guy? He didn't say that. He didn't say, gee, if I help this guy out who's bleeding and almost half dead, I'm going to lose my ritual purity and God might be upset with me. No, no. This guy, the good Samaritan, saved the man's life because he wasn't worried or anxious about anything. Remember the parable of the sower and the seed? So the sower, you know, you know the story, the sower goes out and sows, and some of the seed fell on the sidewalk, and the birds came and ate it. And then some of the seed fell on a rock, and you can't grow seed on a rock. And then some seed fell in a thistle bush, and of course it choked it and didn't produce any fruit on that. And well, you want to hear my take of the parable? My take? Good. Yes, you do. So, when I first came here as director, my first Sunday, the Masses, the Sunday collection for all the Masses on Sunday was $86. Well, later that week, I had to go to Home Depot and buy some grass seed to reseed the lawn because there were big patches that needed to be reseeded, so I reseeded it. The bag of seed cost $25. Now, when I reseeded the lawn, do you think any of the seeds landed on the sidewalk? (laughs) Not a $25 a bag, it didn't. Do you think when the birdies were looking down and saying, gee, I hope he throws us a few, a few seats, you think I gave some to the birdies? No way, not a $25 a bag. Do you think that I had too much like wrist action and some of the seed happened to go into the rose bush? Not a chance. 
Not a chance. But in the parable, it's completely different. The guy just goes around and he just does that. And you know why? Do you know why he can do that? And it can land all over the place? Because he has a limitless budget. I know a parish that has a budget of $150,000 budget just for landscaping. The, the land, the, the ground is beautiful because he doesn't have any worries. There's no worries in the parish about money. So when the disciples go to Jesus and say, well, what does the parable mean? What does it mean that when the seed falls in the, in the, in the thickets and in the rose bush, what does that mean? It means that you can't produce fruit because you get choked off because of anxiety. When you're worried and anxious about many things, you can't produce. It chokes you. So God goes to Abraham, who's in Ur, wherever that is, and he says to Abraham and Ur, I want you to go where I tell you to go. And then he disappears and he's gone. What? God just said, there's no, no roadmap? There's no explanation or instructions. There's no money for the toll. Earth's a long way, wherever that is, to the, to the promised land. You know what Abraham said to that? He said, no problem. And I'm going to tell you this. That is why, that is why Abraham is the father of faith. No anxiety. Just do with the plan. So then a couple hundred years later... God appears to Moses. And God says to Moses, what I want you to do is I want you to go into Egypt, and I want you to go to the Pharaoh, and I want you to tell Pharaoh to free my people Israel. So Moses says, no problem. Well, actually, that's not what Moses said. Moses will spend the next two chapters telling God why it's such a bad plan, why his plan is not going to work. So Moses first says, well, first of all, you know, I murdered, I murdered an Egyptian, so as soon as I go in there, they're going to arrest me. And let's say they don't arrest me. Then how is me, a Hebrew, a, a, a criminal, going to have an audience with the most powerful man in the world? And then let's say, for instance, I happen to have an audience with the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh, and then I give him your message to free all his free labor. That's not going to go over very well. But let's just pretend. Let's just say that he thinks that's a really good idea, that all of his uh, free help just goes out the door. Let's say that, and then I go out, and then I have to go into the desert, which is the worst desert on the planet. How are we going to survive? Your plan stinks. It's not going to work. But then God turns to Moses and says, yeah, you know, they're going to want to arrest you as soon as you go into Egypt. But don't worry. I will be with you. And it's going to be hard to get in the audience with the most powerful man in the world, but you don't worry because I will be with you. And then when you see Pharaoh, you're not going to want to give him the message that I want you to give him. And your mouth and tongue is just going to freeze. You don't worry. I will be with you. And when you deliver my message, he's not going to be very happy. And he's going to want to see a little bit of muscle behind your words. But you don't worry. Because I'll be with you. And then he's going to release you all. And then he's going to send in his army, the most powerful army that ever marched on this planet. A thousand years undefeated. You don't worry. I'll be with you. And actually, you're right. It is the worst desert on the planet. There's no food or water there whatsoever. But you don't worry. 
I'll be with you. So there's you. You wake up in the morning, right? First thing you do is you check out the news, right? It's never good, right? It's never good. And then you go to work. And then you're not appreciated there. And there's people that, that want to get ahead of you, so they put you down so that they can go up. And you've got to put up with all of that. Then you get home, and then you open up the bills, and you find out that there's more money, and the bills are much more than you actually thought. And then you check out your messages on your phone, and you find out that everybody on the planet wants your help, you to help them with their problems. And you do that for six days. And then on the seventh day, you drag yourself into the church. And what happens when you come to the church? We start with the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then, after that, what do you hear? What's the first thing you hear? It's the first thing we say. Because you need to hear this right away, up front. The Lord be with you. What exactly do those words mean? It means you will never have to worry about anything again. And if you do worry and your anxiety, you'll never do anything great. Remember Moses, what did Moses say? Your plan stinks, it'll never work. Do we want to have, do we want to say that? Is that the conversation that you and I want to have with God? I don't think so. No, we have an option. We have an alternative response to God. When we, miss, when we get mission impossible, when things get really hard and difficult, you don't forget those words. The Lord is with you.